chapter 15 behold a wonder poor dasaratha was in extreme agony pulled by natural affection on one side and by the moral obligation to fulfill a pledge on the other he had fondly hoped that kaikeyi would relent and that somehow the conflict of duties would be resolved but now he saw that this was not to be he still had one faint hope rama is in no way bound by my promises and pledges strong as he is in people's love and in his peerless prowess he may disregard my promise and stand on his own rights but i cannot conceive his doing so for my slightest wish has always been sacred to him yet if by some chance he did so it would save the situation in the confusion and anguish of his heart the old king consoled himself with such false hopes forgetting that rama would never think of disregarding his father's promise and that filial obedience was a fundamental rule of his life but the false hopes did not persist long he felt that his death was near in this agonizing conflict of duties death would be a relief and save him from the disruption and sorrows to come as death drew near his mind recalled past events he remembered a great papa committed by him in youth he felt that he was now reaping what he then sowed i killed the rishi's son and brought grief to his aged parents how could this sin be wiped off except by my suffering the anguish of losing a dear son thus dasaratha resigned himself to his fate as a just retribution for the wrong he had once done he concluded that he had no alternative but to fulfill his word to his cruel wife and left the ordering of things entirely to kaikeyi they dawned the hour fixed for the coronation was approaching the procession of vasishta and his disciples carrying the golden vessels containing the waters of holy rivers was coming towards the palace the great street was decorated and was crowded with eager men and women they rejoiced to see vasishta and his disciples march to the palace with the holy waters and the paraphernalia for installation as they saw the honey curds clarified butter fried rice sacred grass flowers maidens elephants horses and chariots the white umbrella the bull the horse and the tiger skin seat moving to the accompaniment of music from many instruments 
the people made loud and jubilant acclamations which filled the air vasishta approaching the palace gate saw sumantra and said to him pray go in at once and inform the king that the people are waiting and all preparations are complete sumantra approached the king's bed chamber and chanting the morning hymn conveyed vasishta's message o king he said arise from slumber to the hymn of your charioteer as the king of the gods does to nathalie's waking songs may all the gods be gracious unto you the elders generals and the chief citizens are waiting for your darshan the goddess of night has withdrawn the day's work awaits your ordering o king of kings be pleased to rise holy vasishta and his men are waiting at that moment the king was speechless with agony but kaikeyi boldly answered for him and told sumantra the king spent the entire night talking of rama's coronation and had no sleep so now he is in a slumber go at once and bring rama thus the clever woman sent sumantra to fetch rama to convey the king's command she knew that dasharatha had agreed but had not the strength to do what had to be done hence kaikeyi resolved that she would herself do what needed to be done sumantra went to rama's palace sita and rama were getting ready for coronation then sumantra gave to rama the message that the king and queen kaikeyi wanted his presence rama hastened to obey the unexpected delay and these strange goings and comings roused doubts but no one dared to talk of them the men concerned hoped that somehow things would turn out right and went on with their allotted work the streets were brightly decorated the great hour was approaching as in the queen's chamber strange and sinister events were developing why this long delay the people wondered perhaps the preliminary rites are more elaborate than we had thought the crowds in the streets grew bigger and bigger and more impatient sumantra accompanied rama to kaikeyi's palace threading the way with difficulty through the throng rama entered the queen's apartment as he stepped over the threshold he started as if he had set his foot upon a snake for he saw with awestruck amazement his father lying on the bare floor in anguish the king evidently had been struck down with some great sorrow his face was like a parijata blossom wilted in the sun he touched his father's feet and paid the same 
filial worship to Kaikeyi. Dasaratha uttered in a low voice the name of Rama and stopped. He could speak no more. He could not look straight into the face of Rama. Rama was perplexed and filled with apprehension at the sight of his father lying there unable to speak in the grip of some great agony what it could be rama it could not even guess he turned to kaikeyi and said mother this is indeed strange no matter how angry he was my father would speak sweetly to me have i without knowing offended him in any matter has some sudden sickness struck him down has someone spoken rudely to him do tell me what has happened i can bear this suspense no longer bold kaikeyi seized the chance and said the king is angry with no one there is nothing wrong with his health but there is something in his mind which he is afraid to tell you that is all he is afraid to say it to you lest you should feel hurt that is why he is silent once upon a time pleased with me he offered and i accepted the gift of two boons now like an uncultured person the king regrets he did so is this worthy of him is it not unbecoming of a king to pledge his word and then regret it you have the power to fulfill his promise but he fears even to tell you of it and is thinking of violating it would it be right if you assure him that he need not be anxious about your attitude and that he should keep his words at all costs you will give him the needed strength to behave righteously you must give him the help he needs the thing is in your hands i shall tell you what it is but after you promise me that you will help the king to fulfill his pledge rama saddened at the thought that he should in any way be the occasion of distress to his father said to kaikeyi Mother am I indeed the cause of all this trouble I do not deserve that you should have any doubts about me If my father asks me to jump into a fire I shall not hesitate to do it If he asks me to drink poison I shall drink it without hesitation You know this You know well enough that at his bidding I would drown myself in the sea. Here mother, I give you my solemn promise that I shall fulfill the king's promise to you and I never break my word. When Rama uttered these words, Kaikeyi exulted for she knew she had conquered. The king for his part was in despair seeing that all escaped was barred thereupon the pitiless kaikeyi uttered these terrible words rama 
your words are worthy of you what higher duty has a son than helping fulfillment of the word his father has given now i shall let you know your father's promise to me when in the battle with sambara your father was wounded i rescued and revived him your father in gratitude for having been rescued by me when grievously wounded gave me two boons to be claimed and specified when i chose i have claimed and specified them now they are that bharata should be anointed yuvaraja and that you should be sent away at this very day to the dandaka forest to remain in exile for 14 years you have sworn solemnly to carry out his promise to me and now it is your duty to prove true to your pledged word if you find right conduct as hard as your father did that is another matter otherwise listen to what i say it is for you now to relinquish the installation and go out to into the exile with matted locks and hermit weeds leaving the preparations now ready to serve for bharata's installation when she uttered these cruel words the king writhed in agony but rama heard her untroubled kaikeyi beheld a mirror there was not the slightest sign of disappointment or sorrow in rama's face smiling the prince said is that all is that all mother surely the king's promise must be fulfilled my hair shall be twisted and i shall wear the bark and i shall go this very day to the forest kaikeyi spoke prophetic words when she said rama's dutifulness would bring him glory undying that glory will continue as long as the himalaya stands and the waters of ganga flow and as long as the ocean waves beat on the solid earth rama said to kaikeyi in unperturbed tones i am not in the least annoyed would i not be happy to give anything to bharata even if no one asked me i would cheerfully give him my all and how can i hold back a moment when my father commands it what pains me a little is that father should have entertained any doubt about my willingness why should he have hesitated to tell me what he wanted and left it to you to say it to me am i not a son bound to do his best what glory or what joy can i look for except to make good his word how did i deserve it that my father should avert his face from me and refrain from speaking loving words to me my grievance if at all is that he did not send for me straight and give me his command i shall go to the forest 
this very day with no regret send swift messengers at once to fetch bharata home the princess face glowed like a sacrificial fire bursting into flame as the ghee is poured into it kaikeyi felt glad at her apparent success she could not look into the future and its sorrow for what greater grief can come to a woman than the scorn of her own son greed deceived her into folly it prevented her from understanding all right the mind of her own son bharata like a captive elephant hemmed in on all sides dasaratha lay in anguish with needless harshness kaikeyi hurried rama saying do not wait for the king to speak and prolong the affair at this rama said mother you have not it seems known me i value no pleasure higher than to honor my father's pledge let bharata carry the burden of kingship and look after our aged father it will indeed give me the greatest joy dasaratha silent till now though listening intently moaned aloud rama touched the feet of his father and kaikeyi and hurried out of the chamber Lakshmana had been standing outside. He knew what had happened and with eyes red with anger he followed Rama. On the way Rama saw the vessels holding the consecrated water for the coronation. He walked round them in worship. With calm majesty he left behind the white umbrella and other royal insignia. and advised the crowds to disperse the prince in whom desire had been vanquished went to the house of queen kausalya to give her the news and take her blessings before departing to the forest here people listening should exercise their imagination and build up in their own hearts the passions and sorrows of the persons figuring in this epic dasaratha's anguish rama's cheerful renunciation and the greedy passion of kaikeyi which smothered all noble impulses these are familiar faces in our daily lives valmiki and kamban saw with the vision of genius and made the events in rama's story live again in song we too should see them through imagination this is the meaning of the tradition that wherever rama's tale is told hanuman himself joins the gathering and reverentially stands with tear filled eyes listening may everyone who reads and listens to this chapter received by rama's grace strength to bear the sorrows that have to be faced in life